This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 11 of the podcast. This one is a little bit special compared to normal. We now have, after me talking about it for several weeks and hopping on, we now have our first guest speaker for our podcast interviews. And today we have on podcast number 11, an interview with James Sheridan, a.k.a. The Grassman Island. James, how are you doing today, mate? You're all right? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, not a problem at all. I think um, it's one of them where we've been back and forward for quite, I think since last year, more or less, haven't we? Because it's mainly through Instagram and the whole plan is that I'm hoping, and I've spoke to like my listeners before this and basically mentioned that I want to get people on that are both hobbyists and professionals and like basically just sharing ideas and give everyone an insight to the different kind of routines and methods that everyone uses. So I'm, I'm really glad to have you. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, Jay. Delighted to be here. Thanks a million. No, that's brilliant. So first question I've got for you here is, can you tell us a bit about you and your channel? and basically where it's located. Yeah, that's perfect. So um, as you said, uh, the Grassman Ireland, I'm on Instagram. I'm based here uh, over in Ireland, um, in Dublin. So I'm, I'm about 10 miles from Dublin city. Uh, just live in a very normal semi-detached house. Uh, this is a hobby for me. Uh, I have a full-time day job. So I uh, just really, really like looking after the garden, looking after the lawn. But how the grass mine came about was just all of a bit of a laugh, really. Um, so lockdown started last year, April 2020, March. And on my personal page, um, I just put up a couple of photographs of the grass and everybody was liking it and commenting it and saying that's great and everything that was brilliant and my sister actually Amy she always called me the grass man because the last couple of years I was always kind of mowing the lawn and doing bits and pieces so uh yeah for a laugh actually I just set up an Instagram page called the grass man and then grass man Ireland and all of a sudden there was a couple of hundred followers and then there's over a thousand followers and I'm like oh there's people follow me uh you know listening listening what I'm doing uh you know with the lawn so look it started off a bit of fun and it's still a bit of fun and I'd like to uh, keep it a bit of fun. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's where I am and that's who I am. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because when, when you first start, you don't really know where the bar's set to you. I think when, when everyone makes their own personal accounts of, you know, grass lawn care related, you're not too sure of if people's going to care what you're saying, what you're going on about, all the rest of it. But it can shoot up pretty quick, can't it? Yeah, it really can. Like, if I was to tell anybody five or six years ago, people would be following me, um, you know, listening to my advice about how to cook grass, they'd probably uh, fall off their chair. But look, I think um, as I'm, I'm, I'm mid-30s there now, so most of my friends and a lot of followers, like, you know, are in their 30s, they're, you know, they're buying the first houses, they have the first gardens, and people just don't know where to start. Like, I didn't, like, five years ago, I wouldn't know where to start with the garden. So, um, just to uh, follow someone along and see their journey and just have a look to see what they're doing. And actually, as you know, Jay, like, long care isn't that hard. It's just doing the right things at the right time. Yeah. And uh, just being a bit consistent each week with it. And, like, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction there. Yeah, no, I think that's it. And I think that's a great pushing factor of this is for people to be able to bring it from 
you know, a type of science, basically, isn't it? Like a biology, and just formalize it to a point where it's the basics, stripping it back and just showing that, look, it's not that hard. You can have a nice garden, nice grass, if you want to, and this is how, you know. And I think it, it's accounts like yours and like other people's that do bring that across, and it's needed. It is. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and look, how I kind of got into kind of garden and lawn care, like there's two things uh, J- James in his 20s would say is that I'd never drive in a state car or I'd never be into my garden. But now in my 30s, I have to, I drive in a state car and I love the garden. So look, we we, we we got an extension a couple of years ago and like everybody, they, they put a lot of glass out the back. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the kitchen all the time and you're looking at your garden like, God, I'd love a nice garden. And you're, you're kind of walking away. Whereas before, um, yeah. before the extension, you couldn't really see the back garden. So it never really bothered me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was one of those lads five years ago that just got, uh, you know, the old petrol mower out and just mowed once a month. And, you know, and the garden was a nice clean up and that's fine. But ever since the last couple of years now um we see the garden all the time you know we use the garden all the time especially in the summer like you know we've had some really really good summers over the last couple of years and i've just really um really enjoyed it and just started you know basics like self self taught as such you know yeah. through talking to people you know my father-in-law would be very into his garden so he'd be listening to him all the time youtube listening to people reading articles and you kind of just pick it up as is you go along really well, I think uh, and i'm still learning by the way i'm still learning all the time yeah um i, ma- I make mistakes all the time so that's <laughs> that, that's 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 the nice thing about kind of gardening and lawn care and you know hobby is just you know learning and improving and learning from your mistakes and and you know what it grows back next year anyway so it's grand yeah exactly that that's one thing with it isn't it there's a bit of buffer room to if you do make mistakes then it is one of them things of not to worry because it does. It just comes back, you know. It, it's. Pr- I think we underestimate how resilient grass is, you know, and we think that you know you stand on it at the wrong time, you're going to just fully kill it off, and it's just not the case, is it? No, no, hundred percent. Like for example, in the last two or three weeks it was my daughter's birthday. We had bouncy castles. We've had swimming pools. Uh, we have kind of like a bit of a, a big tree out the back, which gives great shade. We've yeah. had deck chairs. We've had benches out there. And, and you know what? Like people are like, oh no, well, what about the grass? And I'm just like, yeah, it's grand. Like it's look, I love the grass and I love the garden and it's fine. But there's no point having it as a trophy and just looking at it like you know you need to enjoy it. And you know what? I'm looking at the grass right now, and you know two or three weeks after the bouncy castle or whatever. The grass is back to normal. Like grass grows everywhere. Grass grows, in, you know, in the middle of you know a main street in London. Like you know, in the yeah. in a little crack in a, in a slate. Like it's well, that, that, that's the thing. That's the and you look at it and you oversee it and you wonder why you know it might not be germinating at a certain point. And then you'll look to your left and you'll see it uh, germinating between the cracks in your pavement. And you'll think, yeah. what's going on here? And it does. It'll just go anywhere. And uh, we should really. As much as we love it, we want to take care of it. I think that's there's a balance to be had, isn't there? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Especially because it's uh, it's my hobby at at, at at the end of the day. And like you know, imagine telling a three year old not to go on the grass. Like you, you don't you don't want to be that person either. No, you know, no. no. Don't get me wrong. If it's in the middle of a renovation, you know, in April or May, you might you know you're not out the back garden anyway because it's too cold or yeah. draining or whatever. But at the height of summer, if you're small young kids or you're inviting people over for a barbecue, like. Just Go and enjoy the garden. And, and, and you know what? There's loads of little tips and tricks that 
after the bouncy castle is gone and after the pool is gone or after people have been walking on it, you can do small little things to help the lawn bounce back. Like, you know, like, like for example, you could, you know, if it's a dry day, like, for example, when I had the bouncy castle, the first thing I did was when the bouncy castle went, you know, all the grass is really flat. Yeah, so what yeah. I did was I just got a rake and raked it all up and it was standing up again and then I gave it a heavy water that evening yeah. you know and then two days later I threw a bit of fertiliser down and then within six or seven days the lawn is just brand new so you know whereas maybe if you have a bouncy castle or a pool and the and the pool is in the same position for yeah. um, if, if the pool is in the same position for like you know 10 or 14 or you know 20 days well then you're going to have a serious problem with the grass and it's not going to look great when the pool goes away so yeah. there's all these little small things you can do to, to help your garden as well and that well that's a great tip isn't it i think some people underestimate the the ease of it's almost like prevention's better than cure isn't it like if you've got a bit of an equipment out in your garden on your grass if it has to go there deck chair or whatever it might be literally just moving it every few days you Absolutely. know is yeah. just going to benefit it. It'll just help the grass out that little bit more. And it'll just stop it becoming a bigger problem, exactly like you've said. Yeah, 100%. Like, if you if you have a, if you have deck chairs out and the deck chair has been there for, you know, two or three days, like, just pretty simple. Just move it around and get the rake out and give it a little water. Like, it's all just real simple things. Like, the worst thing you can do is, like, say, you know, that's, you know, if you're, if you're garden proud as such, is to leave your deck chair in the same area, you know, yeah. for the whole summer. Because what's going to happen is, you know, no light's going to get to it, no water's going to get to it. And it's going to, it's you know, it's just really going to die off or whatever, yeah. or it's not going to be the same as, as around. So look, there's small little things that you can do to make sure that uh, the garden looks good all summer, really. Yeah, brilliant. Um, So with where you're located then, do you get any sort of, thing that's natural that hinders you whether it might be floods animals is you know hot summers that might scorch your lawns do you find anything in particular uh no jay to be honest with you i, I just live in a very normal neighborhood you know built in the early 1970s my back garden for dublin i suppose is considered big but it's not yeah. big at all uh lawn wise of about 120 130 square meters of lawn brilliant uh, around so it's very normal no it's just the usual in Ireland it rains all the time I suppose uh, I'm lucky I'm lucky actually because I've so much grass and so much beds that yeah. I don't get any flooding because all the water actually goes into the beds and go into the lawn I find a lot of flooding happens is because you might have you know astroturf or you might have a back garden that has a lot of concrete whereas actually I've no problem with flooding or anything like that the sun yes um, over certainly over the last couple of weeks, we've had some really really high temperatures here in Ireland, 29, 30 degrees. Um, but I'm lucky I have uh, a couple, two large IBC tanks, uh, 2,000 liters of rainwater that I collect nice. or harvest and such. And um, I always have them full of rainwater. So even on a really really hot spell for a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm lucky enough I've rainwater to, uh, to 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 cool the grass down. You know, brilliant. Um, and. Did you install them yourself to do, or was that something you got uh, contracted in for you? Well, it was like everything a garden nut does. Everything took legs. Actually, what happened was, <laughs> a, a really long story short, is that uh, a water ban came into Ireland here last March, sorry, last May or June. And uh, the thing about people that aren't listening from Ireland, like, we don't pay for water in Ireland. You know, we just water, we just run the tap, like, nobody pays for water in Ireland. So, yeah. 
you know, but you know, ethically, you need, you know, I wouldn't be watering my garden every day from the tap either. So anyway, so a hose pipe ban came in because we didn't have any rain for a couple of weeks, and I was on the way to Aldi to get a fifty-nine euro water bus, right? <laughs> and on the way there, and I got there, and they were sold out, and I was like. Okay, Graham, what will I do? And like everything, you'd be YouTube and stuff, rainwater harvest, rainwater this. And I just came across that um, a lot of people in the States were like harvesting water in IBC tanks. So anybody that's not familiar with an IBC tank, it's just like, you know, when you go to a car wash and you see like a big square plastic box with water in it, okay. holds about a thousand litres of water. And uh, look, I bought two secondhand clean ones of them, cost me 50 quid each. That was a hundred euro for 2000 litres of water. I was lucky enough because you don't want that in the middle of your lawn. It doesn't yeah. look sighted. So I'm lucky that I have, you know, a half decent side entrance that you don't see from the front or the back garden and the, and the, and the hose and the, um, the downpipe runs at the side of the house so we're, we're, with help from a really good friend of mine uh, Richie who's a plumber and my brother Mark who's an electrician uh, the three of us were drafted in and we made a bit of a project out of it so uh, the, pl- the plumber connected it up I bought a, a pump from Amazon for like 35 quid uh, a bit of Qualpex through the pump, through an outdoor garden tap. Uh, I was just really lucky that I had electrical services and um, uh, beside all this, and my brother electrician hooked that up. So look, it was, I, I didn't do any of the skilled work. I was a complete labourer and, yeah. and the ideas man, but the uh, but the lads really looked after me, to be honest with you. So uh, yeah, it's a neat little system. Um, so for example, I had a really big downpour in Ireland yesterday and I collected uh, 1,200 litres of rainwater wow. like within a couple of, within a couple of um, hours. And that's just off, you know, a normal house of a semi-detached roof. So yeah. look, um, no, I, d- I don't think there's any company that specifically does it out there. But if you go onto my Grassman Ireland page, I have a couple of videos up uh, on the installation and a couple of pictures of how it works. So that might give somebody inspiration to, well, to go and do it. So I remember seeing it when you, when you actually went forward and you, you put it in and it's, it's, Brilliant, because not only is it more beneficial for your lawn, natural rainwater, than hose pipe, but it just doesn't get used as much over here, I find, over in the UK. Obviously, places like Australia and America that yeah, actually yeah. get hit a lot more by the heat. You know, it's a bit more common, but it is something that, I because we're the same as you in Scotland, we can just run the tap, you know, as much as we want. Yeah. I think down in England, you're on meters a bit more. What's obviously yeah. a bit of a pain, but I think the next best thing has to be you holding your own water, surely. Well, I think definitely, Jay, if you have the space, because look, let's face it, nobody wants a couple of IBT tanks in their back garden. It's not that sightly. Of course, you could screen them with a bit of wood or whatever, but certainly anybody that's into their garden, you know, big investments, go get a water bus you know, a couple of hundred litres or maybe take on a little bit of a project, a couple of IBC tanks. And um, yeah, look, it's it's straightforward enough. And as you said, um, it's much better. Like rainwater is so much better for your lawn, so much better for your plants. And, you know, there's a bit of satisfaction as well about it when you see, um, you know, the tanks go up and down with the rain, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it just should. It's just you're using resources that you know that you wouldn't have if it wasn't for your effort, you know, whereas... I think we get lost in this society, don't we, where, you know, you can flick a switch or or turn the tap and then all of a sudden we've got it. And it's kind of stripping it back that little bit more, isn't it? 
Yeah, of course. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong, Jay. I'm not a big ego warrior or anything like that. Like, for example, my wife gives out to me all the time. like, there you are with your 2,000 litres of rainwater and you still take a 25 in shower. So, yeah. like, <laughs> there is a balance to be strict. But, yeah, uh, you know, in my mind, ethically, do I feel a little bit better using rainwater in the garden um, over the tap water? Absolutely, I feel a bit better with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Today. And now speaking about what you could there, I mean, I've seen a couple of your setups that you or the equipment that you use on Instagram, but do you mind just telling the listeners sort of what equipment do you have? Is it battery, is it fuel, rotary cylinder, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, perfect, Jay. So look, only I only start buying equipment and mowers over the last couple of years. So uh, I've been lucky enough that, you know, um, Battery power, battery powered mowers now are you know really really on stream, yeah. and they're uh, they're really really well made, and there's lots of benefits to it. So look, just to take you through it, I've t- I've two mowers at the moment. I gave a couple of mowers away, but uh, I've two two nice mowers at the moment. So I have my Elect Liberty Forty Three, which is a cylinder mower, seventeen inch cut. Cuts like a scissors, absolutely beautiful. And that's uh, with a 40 volt battery. Battery yeah. running time is about 40 minutes. I don't know, if you're mowing for more than 40 minutes, should you be really mowing with a walk behind? Yeah. I don't know. People, people say, oh, but you have a battery, the battery runs out. It's like, yeah, so it's petrol. But there's yeah. loads of benefits to battery power, um, Jay. And you've mentioned it all the time. Like, to be honest with you, the first big thing that I like about battery power is it's much quieter. Yeah, like the kids, the, the kids could be in the garden, and I could be mowing. You know, I don't need to wear ear defenders or anything like that. So, first of all, it's quiet. It's neighbour friendly. I live in the state here. It's neighbour friendly. I don't feel guilty mowing at half seven at night. Uh, yeah. It's much quieter. That's the first thing. Second thing is it's like really cheap to run. I think, uh, I you know, done a quick you know uh, specification check. I think it costs four cent to charge. Um, you know, um, plus it's cleaner. I'm not carrying any petrol. Yeah. Um, there's no emissions. Like, you know, the kids are being now the sheds, getting their toys. I don't have to carry um, petrol or, you know, oil, all that kind of stuff, spark plugs, all that. It's just really, really simple, easy to maintain. Um, so that's my cylinder mower. I also have a battery-powered Hater Harrier um, 48. That's a 19-inch cutting width. That's a rear roller at the back, which gives you really good stripes as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, battery-powered. It's, it's a 60 volt, so it's a little bit more powerful. And that's a rotary mower. I really like that mower because it's kind of... The cylinder mower with the Alette is absolutely brilliant, but it's, it's it can be delicate in terms of, like, you know, you need to have a really flat lawn, you know, your lawn can't be too long. Um, but in saying that, the, the Alette is brilliant for like a really fine finish. But for me, the rotary is just like, you know, so robust, you know. You know, if you haven't mowed in, you know, 10 or 14 days, you know, it, it can mow at really high heights. You know, I, I have a big tree in the garden, so there's, leave con- there's leaves constantly on the lawn. That just vacuums up all the leaves when I go and mow. So, yeah, so I have that. And then the good thing is about the battery power is like, it's like, you know, when you have a drill, you know, say if you have a drill or a saw, Jay, you know, you can use your battery for loads of different tools. So for me, um, my LS Liberty 43, the battery, I also use that with a Greenworks blower and uh, and also a Greenworks uh, strimmer. All right. So, So, yeah, all my equipment is basically battery. Yeah, yeah. So they're like the compatibility between the items what you're talking yes. about with like saving money on, you know, the fuel's more expensive and all the rest of it. It is, and it, it's not just tied to that one item. And I think that's like, a, quite frankly, a key part that I think the battery industry has played is the fact that 
they haven't just tied you down to go this battery fits this bit of equipment and that bit of equipment only you know they've kind of fair enough they've kept it to their range so greenworks is them husqvarna's got the run still's got the run I would quite honestly like to see them all compatible with each other, but let's face it, that's never going to happen. Um, yeah. But it is, it, it can be used across the board. And I think, I think that is a main thing. I think a good point, what you've made there is the fact that, and what might surprise some people that are listening is the fact that you've got not just, because they're both new on there within the last sort of 18 months, your cylinder mower and your rotary mower are both new purchases. Am I right in saying um, yeah, so the cylinder mower I got about two years ago, and the hater I got at the start of this season, yeah, around yeah. March. So yeah, everything, yeah, I got everything within the last twenty-four months, yeah. So you know, they're both high-range bits of kit, and I think what a lot of people think when, from what I've seen on like the lawn care groups and things like that, is that when people want to make that transition from rotary to cylinder because they want to, you know, spend more time in the garden, like you know, getting that cleaner cut and all the rest of it, they think. Right, I'll sell my rotary. I don't need that anymore. I'll just get a cylinder. And I think it's a big mistake. And you can probably, I mean, back this up definitely. It's a fact there's so many more uses for the rotary mower, even when you're cylinder cutting. Yeah. Like, you know, whether it's, I mean, I made a video not long ago on lateral growth, and it was just something easy, like how you're saying about the rotary picking up leaves. Um, it does exactly the same thing with longer lateral lying grass blades. So where cylinder mower will just keep on rolling it flat, you know, the rotary still works like a hoover almost, and it will, you know, suck them up and cut them to your desired height. Yeah, 100%. Like, literally, look, we're talking about four-throw problems here, you know, talking yeah, about, definitely. you know, different types of mowers that we have, you know. But, look, a cylinder mower has its place. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm using it all the time now. I haven't used the rotary. I use the rotary maybe once every week or two just to kind of suck up leaves or... Sometimes, you know, when, when it's really, really hot out, you just want to raise the cut. Like yeah. most cylinder mowers only go to about 30, 35 mil, whereas most rower trees would go up to maybe 60 mil. Yeah. So um, it's, it's good to raise the cut and all that kind of stuff. But look, everything has a place in its time. But definitely, if you're any kind of lawn care enthusiast, the cylinder mower is a must, and a, and a good rower tree mower is a must also, Jay, you know? Yeah. And then the thing is, what I've found, I mean, going back to when I first was around the mower, I suppose, was when I was a kid and I was around my granda. He still has that same mower 24 years nearly. And he probably had it a few years before that as well. So probably 30, 35 years ago. And he still has the same fuel mower that's lasted him all them years, you know. And like you buy, you invest in good equipment. It will last you the age of time if you look after it, you know. Absolutely. Look, come here to me. Like we always talk about, you know, the price of things and everything. But, like, for me, yeah, look, some mowers can be really expensive. But you can justify anything, Jay, if you want it, really. And the way I justify it is, like, if you buy quality, the quality will last. Like, for example, when I bought that uh, Alette two years ago, yeah, it was a few bob, right? Yeah. But I don't, I don't look for that few bob now. Like, that's just, I have this mower and you know, two years on, I'll have it in five years' time and 10 years' time, and I bring it to a local service fella and he sharpens the blades for me and he changes the belt and he makes sure it's, everything is okay and I look after it. And like your granddad, I'll probably have that for 20, 25 years. And like, you know, I'm not looking back, you know, 20 years ago when I spent, you know, uh, a good few bob on a mower. Like, look at all the enjoyment that brings you. Like, yeah, you know, it's like a golf membership. Like, you know, people spending a 1000 or 2000 on a golf membership and you're paying that again next year. It's grand. If that's your hobby, that's fine. Like, whereas, 
if you're into the garden and you get nice and you have a nice mower and it gives you some nice stripes and you know it gives you some satisfaction for me that's that's an investment that's yeah, brilliant it's nothing in the grand schemes eh? that's a thing now yeah. what i'm wondering here is, is i know you were speaking about earlier of sort of how you came across uh like when you moved into your house and you sort of renovated the back and your main sort of step into the lawn care as a hobby but what what do you reckon that was the hardest part of starting like you know if if someone's out there just looking for the get-go what do you think was the hardest was it the knowledge was it the equipment what do you think just uh knowing where to start to be honest with you um so we had just got the extension done, nice patio job, and all of a sudden I was left with a rubble. Like I've done a couple of uh, before and after photographs on the Instagram people can check out, but you're kind of saying it, it is. But, you know, I did I did have a lot of help, so I did bring in somebody to do the hard landscaping for me. So I got somebody to do the patio. So, for example, you know, sometimes just leave the, you know, the skill, you know, the craftsmanships to the crafts, you know, that kind of yeah. way. So I just kind of designed the garden and I was, when we were designing the garden, it was about five years ago, um, Jay, but everyone at that stage was getting AstroTorf, they were getting concrete, they were getting this, but I just knew I wanted, you know, a lovely flat lawn and, yeah. and then a border all around it. So I knew exactly what I wanted. But to go back to your question, what was the hardest part? It was like, the hardest part was just adjusting to the way the house kind of worked, you know, so all of a sudden, I had a back garden and, you know, I needed, needed looking after and, you know, what mower do you get? Because, you know, what, what's the first thing people do? They need to get a mower. They just go on a whim on a Saturday to go to one of those big, huge shops yeah. and they just spend 300 quid in the mower. They come home and they light it up where it's actually, I was like, no, I'd love a striped lawn. But like, yeah. I didn't know what mower to get, you know, for a lovely striped lawn. Um, I didn't know what equipment to get, but look, the internet is brilliant. You know, you literally put in to the search bar in Google and it tells you all the information. So yeah. if you do that enough times you, and, you, and, you, and you get the information from reputable people. So there's a lot of people that I follow on Instagram who have really, really good knowledge. And I would take their word for things because yeah. they I've seen it, they've tried it and they've done it. Whereas somebody that's kind of selling me lots of things on the internet I kind of don't really go that side. Whereas actually, if I can see a product, see how it's worked for them, um, I'd rather be inclined to go with those lads yeah. because they've been there and done that. That's but look, it. it's just it's just getting used to it. You know, uh, I'm lucky. You know, I I, I I always say to my wife all the time, like, I only like doing things I like doing, you know, so... I. <laughs> If there's something in the garden that I don't like doing, I just don't do it. You're not going away. So, and, and relatively, if you were to look at my garden, people are like, God, that's really high maintenance. It's not really. You know, it's cutting the grass. Yeah. You know, like I, I planted 80 lavenders and the lavenders, there's no work in them. They just come back every year. Yeah, yeah there's a bit of rooting, but for me, it's just cutting the grass now for two months and that's all the maintenance there. But yes, does it look like a high maintenance garden? It does. Is there a little bit of work in it? Yeah, there is. But if you can design it in such a way that you can just mow the lawn for June, July, um, August and September. Yeah, put in a little bit of hard work in May, put a few of your petunias around, your hanging baskets, you know, do a little bit of feeding, do a little bit of weeding, freshen up your beds in May. And then you have the whole summer then to enjoy your garden, you know? Yeah, definitely. And this is like, you. I mean, you touched on it, the fact that you've got before and afters. And I, I honestly mean this to anyone that's listening, is check out uh, James's page because it's, it's crazy the difference that it was 
and where it is now, it looks like a very highly modern, but like naturistic garden, like, you know, full of color and all the rest of it. And it's, you know, you've done a, an amazing job with it, quite honestly, but I think you're right in what you're saying. And, you know, you can just, the start of the season, you can put a lot into it, but then reap the rewards for the rest of it. It isn't, it's not like you've got to be out there every week, titivating with every plant and, you know, every need. It, it's, it's a lot more chilled out than that, I think, especially on a home loan. Yeah, and, and look, do you know what? Every year, I'm, like, I say every year, you swear I was doing it 20 years, but every year you, it gets a little bit easier because you know what works and what doesn't work for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, 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 for example, last year I done hanging baskets. For anyone that knows hanging baskets, there's loads of work in them because you have to water them every second night, you have to feed them every 10 days. There's an awful lot of work in them, so I didn't put as many hanging baskets um, around the place. Now I'm kind of growing a couple of clematises uh, mm-hmm. to cover any concrete walls. And there, as much as there are a little bit of maintenance this summer, my whole shed and anything that looks ugly is going to be covered by a lovely clematis and I don't need hanging baskets anymore for like the next 20 years. So kind of every year you're trying to be a little bit clever in your garden and what you're doing and uh, where you are. You know, you do. You do and, and Google is a great person because it reminds you where you were last year, you know. So like today, for example, uh, Google reminded me of my photographs this time last year, where we were. And then in May, it reminded me where I was last year. So you can kind of get an idea of what you need to be doing in which month. Is that fair enough? And that's why I kind of start doing at the start of January because a lot of DMs were coming in on Instagram saying what are you doing this month what's happening so i just do a very basic lawn jobs every month so you know january lawn jobs february lawn jobs and they're literally three or four things and if you do those three or four things because i'm doing them myself anyway and if you do those three or four things a month it will help next month and if you do your july uh lawn jobs you know it will help you in august and august moves into september and you know it's a bit bit of fun really yeah and and that's just to clarify for everyone that's listening that's on your Instagram. It's basically a post that you put each month, real video type thing. And you'll always update on, like you've said there, stuff that you're doing to sort of keep it not only maintained, but if you're improving it, feeding it, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, like for, like for example, it's, it's, it's a minute or two. Look, you can go onto YouTube and I'm sure there's, you know, 20, 25, 30 minute videos that you can have a look at. I just kind of like snap uh, quick information. So for example, June lawn jobs was mow at least twice a week. Um, scarify your lawn. Um, give it a feed with some seaweed and don't let your lawn dry out. Tidy up your edges and then that's your lawn jobs. And yeah. if you've done that in June, like, that sounds really, really basic. But if you've done that in June, even if you just only tied up your edges in June, you'd have a lovely lawn in Definitely. July, you know? You're winning on, yeah. That's it. And mm, I, I, think that, I think that's, I mean, we, we've spoke about this in the past before offline, and it's a fact that people um, are at a stage where people don't want to sit down and read a whole book or, you know, watch a 30-minute video. People, we're in the society this day and age where we want things at the edge of our fingertips. And, yeah. you know, things like this, like what you're keeping up with on the monthly tips there is you know a couple of minutes of viewing time and then you know what you're doing for a whole month you know just off a couple of minutes yeah and and, and you know what like anybody if there is listening and you're you know it's easy just to look at instagram and instagram can be a terrible place at sometimes because you can go down this big dark hole of like why doesn't my garden look like this and why don't i have this so there is a lot of negatives to that you know i don't think this is the forum maybe to speak about that but i mean 
you know, you have to start somewhere. Like, you know, if you're looking, you know, it's, it's easy for me. Like, I was in the pub there with the lads a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's grand for you. Your lawn's deadly. Like, you know, you just you don't need to worry about it. I was like, yeah, the reason why it's deadly is because I'm working on it all the time. Like, I'm out there twice a week, kind of yeah. looking after it and I enjoy it. Whereas, you need to start somewhere. And if you're looking at your lawn right now, listen to this, you're like, Jesus, just go out and mow it. Like, you know, you're even if there's loads of weeds in it, like, just mowing your lawn just will make it look better straight away. And then Definitely. don't 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 leave it for three weeks to mow it again. Mow it in two days' time, then mow it in another two days' time. And I guarantee you, within one week, your lawn's going to look much better. And then yeah. take a Saturday morning to clean up your edges. Grand. You know, people want to get rid of every single weed within the four seven days. Like, yeah. literally, it won't just take you a whole season to get your lawn level or to get your, you know, to get the weeds out or whatever. Like, for example somebody dm me he's like how'd you get rid of your weeds and i was like i cut them out I was like what do you mean i was like yeah like most people okay most people like your lawn would be similar to mine like to, to, to cut out your weeds with a knife would probably take you five minutes yeah wouldn't it like, really like think about it but people are like no that's crazy like you're cutting out your weeds with a knife <laughs> yeah but for, like it, it took me five minutes don't get me wrong if you're listening in you have a half an acre and you you know you cut your grass on a on a, on a ride on fair enough it's not for you but anybody listening like that's living in normal houses like we are, you know, with a hundred square meter garden. You tell me you can't cut out your weeds. Yeah. And the thing is, once you're on top of it, like you say, season after season, they do get less and less. And exactly what you're saying with going back to when people want things rid of straight away. Um, the amount of people that last season I've seen because of things like poa and weed grasses, the the fully killed off them start of the year. Then by spring and summer, it's back again. You know, there's, there's only so much you can do chemically to your garden to a point where you then need to go, right, you know, I need to bear with this, except that, you know, nature is just doing its thing, you know. They, there's only so much you can do, you know, if you're not doing it as a full-time job on your own lawn, you know. Yeah, of course. And you know what? You don't, you don't want to be doing your garden and stressing you out. No. The reason why you want to do your garden is because you want to relieve some stress, you know, and, and, and you know, and the satisfaction, like I'll give you an example, right? So I'm looking at my garden now and I have a clover problem big time. Yeah. Just clover everywhere. I think everybody's dealing with it there now. And like, look, um, and I know what it is. It just needs uh, a little bit more nitrogen. So yeah. I need to be in a fertilizer that has more nitrogen, uh, put it on the lawn, and that will just uh, go away naturally. Will it go away within a day? No. It'll probably say 10, 14, 21 days. But I know yeah. what to do. So I'm thinking to myself, it's late July, I uh, got caught with the clover. So now, because I use a lot of seaweed from Better Plants, and it's really, really good. Uh, organic products, really, really good. But I didn't use any of my normal kind of fertilizers that have high nitrogen in it. Right. And I didn't use that year, and now there's clover. So now I know for next year that I need in June and July to use uh, uh, fertilizers that are high in nitrogen to get rid so the clover doesn't start. You know, right. and that's just a learning point. And next year I learn something else, and the year after I learn something else, you know. Well, that's it. And I think I think that's a very good point. And it's a fact of normally um when a weed appears for you know in multiple places, or when actually when when most things because for anyone that is not too clued in on it. A weed is just something that's grown out of place. Okay, that's mm. what makes a weed a weed. You know, if a grass is grown, you know, in the middle of your pavement, technically it's a weed. So <laughs> normally when a weed appears in your lawn, it is just the fact of there's normally a deficiency somewhere. The, the lawn showing you it needs something else, you mm. know. So I don't think, I think we're very bad for going, this has appeared or this has happened. I need to get rid of this now instead of just, 
looking into it a little bit more and going, why has it actually happened? And then you can meet it, you know, you can sort it that way as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, chemical application after chemical application, you know. Um, no, I, I, absolutely. And as I said, years go by anyway. So like, look, this why next year I'll get great satisfaction not seeing Clover because I'd have fixed a problem uh, before it happens. So, yeah, exactly. um, you know, and, and, and that's the great satisfaction thing about doing the garden and, and picking up these things, you know. Yeah. So on the next sort of question I've got for you is a bit looking into the future. So what I'm wondering is, in the next sort of, let's say, between two or three years, have you got anything on your mind where you're going? Are you just trying to enjoy it? Are you going to, I know, like, Alec does um, their striped competitions. Are you looking to, you're also teaching people on your Instagram pages. Have you got any sort of plan within the next three years of, I don't know, what you're pushing for? Like, what's your goal? Yeah, well, look, career, Jay, um, for, for me, this started out as a little bit of a laugh and a little bit of a joke, and it's turned into something a little bit more of a, you know, I say a serious hobby, yeah. uh, if, if that's even if that's even a phrase. But like, yeah, look, I always I always want my garden a little bit nicer. Like, you know, do I want do I want my lavenders a little bit, you know, nicer next year? Do I want the lawn leveler next year? Do I, like, for example, that dirty shed I have out the back, you know, that's the satisfaction of seeing the clematis growing over that. And I reckon that in three or four weeks, the shed will be completely covered with like a beautiful green flowered clematis so I'm always trying to add stuff to the garden that will be eventually a little bit low maintenance yeah and um, like for example um I have some annual I literally just have um flowers that I bought on a whim that has loads of color and I have them in a bed down the end of the garden but I've planted in behind that I've planted two hydrangeas either side Nice. So now next year, I don't need to go out and spend 25 quid on, on colourful flowers that will just get me three or four months. So now next year I'll have hydrangeas flowering rather than that instant flower. Does that make sense? So I'm always just trying to improve the garden and make it a little bit more low maintenance uh, for me, but also less costly because let's face it, Jay, it can be an expensive hobby. Definitely. You know, like fertilizer, you don't get in the pound shop. You know, it's not, you know, what I mean is like you're throwing it on your grass. You're not putting it in your mountain feeding yourself, you know. So yeah. fertilizers itself can be expensive. Plants, like I don't know about you, but me going to a garden center, uh, picking up plants, like it's a 60 quid in the trolley straight away, yeah. you know, and you're telling the wife it was only 30 quid, you know, one of them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm in a lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to. I'm really, really lucky to be honest because I'm about three years on from my journey. So I have two nice mowers. I have um, some nice equipment. I have the garden the way I want it. The lawn is a little bit flat. The lavenders are well established. So I'm hoping next season I'll only spend half the amount of money I spent on the grass this year. Yeah. Uh, so and then next year I'll hopefully spend half of that half amount. So. Look, yeah, Let are really good. To be honest with you, their social media page are absolutely brilliant. And I remember them reaching out to me on my own personal story when I posted something. They were like, oh, you should, this is brilliant. It was just before the whole lawn thing kind of kicked off, you know, about, yeah, yeah. You remember, you know, about two years ago, there wasn't too much happening around. And yeah. I let got in touch and in fairness to uh, Laura on the social media team there. She's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, the creative strides competition, what an entry. Like, what wouldn't that be just brilliant? Imagine just having an unbelievable creative uh, pattern and then winning a lawnmower. I think yeah, exactly. just winning that alone without the lawnmower would be satisfaction enough yeah. for me. So, yeah, I'll probably put in an entry this year. No idea what I'm going to do. 
uh, to be honest with you, but I'll probably just throw some sort of an entry together uh, and have a little bit of fun with that. Yeah. Um, down the line, do I really want to make loads of money on Grassband? No, I'm not. I don't really, to be honest. You know, Instagram is kind of a little bit fun to me at the moment and I'm happy enough being, uh, being fun for me. But uh, just grow the following. Just, you know some lads just giving you a DM saying, I follow your page last couple of months. This is a picture of me long. Thanks a million for all your tips. Like that's, to be honest with you, that's it's worth much more to me uh, than yeah. getting 60 or 70 quid for a bit of advertising, you know? Um, yeah. I think so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, yeah. It, it's interesting as well because like what you said there, well, why you said uh, it's, it's fun. And I think that's a main sticking point because I think when you, how you said, when you almost get into a serious hobby and people do, I think I resonate with what you said there a lot. It gets to a point where when people see you post so much um, of a good looking lawn, it's then very advice driven. You know, people are getting in touch with you instead of the local professional that's been around for 20 years, you know, then turning to people on things like social media for advice. And you've got to be careful because when you're, when you lose that fun aspect, it very then quickly becomes a chore. And I, th- I haven't noticed it through Instagram or actually with the grass itself, but I noticed it very much through my own YouTube where I really enjoyed it. And I'm telling you, it takes hours to put some of the stuff together. Yeah. And um, it hit a stage where it just became, oh, I've got to put a video out instead of I'm enjoying doing this. And now that I watch, I've watched a couple of them back since and I think bloody hell, you look depressed in that video, you know, and it's just, I've got no enthusiasm. And you do, you've got to be careful with something that's a hobby. You need to make sure that you're enjoying it, you know, rather than putting too much pressure down. Look, 100%. Like, look, I I, I love nothing better than just saying, going out to the garden for an hour. Like, Mm -hmm. setting up a tripod, recording yourself, doing this, doing that. Like, that doesn't come naturally to me. There's a little bit of effort put in, but then... Mm -hmm. When you've put together, say, a one-minute video, yeah, there's a, definitely a satisfaction to that, and you put a bit of nice music behind the video, and that's fine. But Instagram is changing, Jay. You know, like for example, I'm looking at a, a, some statistics there. Last month, last year, my, you know, my IGTV, you know, the kind of videos that are over a minute, yeah. that got some serious likes, that got some serious viewerships. Instagram are pushing IGTV, and I used to just use a very simple app on my phone called My Movie. I think I paid $9.99 for the year. I had the free version for months, and I used so literally all from my phone I edited a video very quick 50 seconds if I went over a minute I went to IGTV and I got loads of kind of engagement and I reached yeah. out to so many people but this year because of the whole TikTok thing I think Instagram are trying to fight against TikTok and all that kind of stuff so they've introduced these reels so now actually I actually don't need to go and heavily edit a video now it's just putting a couple of second clips into a reel and like you, I think you got over a million views on one of your reels, like which is crazy. Like you know, like how 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 good do you feel seeing that one million views? You know, yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? I think I think numbers are, are dangerous. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> when you start looking, and we've spoke Absolutely. about this. When yeah, when you when you look into it too much, it it gets um, it's hard to get your head around, and then you wonder why it's then not happening again. You know, so for anyone that is sort of uh, trying to push the social medias and they're trying to do it for the number changes, you know, increasing the following, then I'll just say, 
you know, you've got to be careful with it because, yeah, you feel it's all that yeah. mean effect, isn't it? You, you feel good the fact that, like, oh, I mean, I remember watching it go up and it was like before that, there was a quarter of a million video I had and I felt great about that. I felt pregnant, you know, it's a quarter of a million people's watch this and then, you know, it just trickled past it half a million, three quarters. And um, it's a million and a quarter at the minute, that video. And uh, wow. you feel great wow. for it, but the chances wow. of me then recreating that in the next 10, 20 is very slim, you know. And it's your, your expectations. You've got a, like how you're saying about them changing it to reels. Instagram, whatever algorithm they've got going, and I don't fully know how it all works, you know, mm. they're in control. Uh, we spoke about this, and you can't be disheartened if, your sound advice or like your effort that you've put into something hasn't taken off because it's just, you can only do so much, I think. I, I, I absolutely. I, I'm nowhere near you, Jay, with the million followers, but I've done a couple of reels. I actually, you, I actually didn't really know what a reel was. Like, I'm not too savvy. Like, although people are like, God, your Instagram page is brilliant. I'm not too savvy on social media. You know, really, I've never, I never set up a Facebook account, never had a Bebo, never had really social media. But anyway, yeah. so I think the likes of the reels, yeah, I've put up a really good reel. I was like, this is unbelievable reel. And I got like 800 views. And I was like, right. And then I put up a reel that I thought was brutal. I done it literally... I literally put this reel together while I was waiting on the kettle to boil and I put yeah. it up and I got like over 10,000 views like within wow. seven hours and I'm just like, what's going on? So look, I think I think, I think anyone listening out there, just don't be disheartened. Just do it for you. You know, look, it's a bonus if you get a load of views. There is that like bit of a bit of a high factor about it, isn't there? You know, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, you, you've just got to, you've just got to accept that you can only do so much and it's not, you know, the world's not hating against you. It's, it's just an application on your phone, just choosing what happens, you know, it's, you do, you've got to stay really mellowed down with it. Um, with that and speaking about like the reels and what you put into it, I want to ask you, what's your best bit of long care advice and why? Like what's the reason behind it? Right. Okay. Um, look, 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 to be honest with you, you'd literally, you could be talking about lawns and everything for an hour, right? Or, you know, days maybe. But for me, my one one bit of advice for somebody is, two pieces of advice. The first thing is, is just to mow more often. So just if you were, if if you're that person that takes your mower out once a month and you scalp your lawn, you're you're never going to have a nice lawn. Like that's, that's just the fact of it. And there's loads of reasons why that happens. Um, And I think that's, uh, you know, that, that's for that, that's for a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but the more you mow, the more you promote growth. The more you promote growth, the more grass you have. The more grass you have, the fuller your lawn looks. The fuller your lawn looks, the fuller it is. The fuller the fuller your lawn is, you're not getting any weeds in your lawn because the weeds have nowhere to grow through. So there's all this little knock-on effect. That's the first piece of advice. If you can mow at least twice a week, unbelievable. And there's loads of advantages to that. Think about the person that mows once a month. They're probably emptying the bag of their mower 15 times. And that takes you loads. Whereas actually, if you just go and mow twice a week and you're literally just trimming the top, the tops off the grass literally you never have to change the bag you've only a quarter of a bag and you're probably finished mowing in 10 minutes so actually mowing more often will probably save you more time and it'll probably be more enjoyable the second piece of advice is i would definitely 
get a mower that you enjoy using. Uh, and I'm not to, I, I don't need to sell anything or anything, but definitely consider battery powered mower. Absolutely. Cause it has all the advantages, which I uh, outlined um, a couple of minutes ago, but you know, get a mower that you enjoy cutting with because ultimately that's what you have to do. It's like wearing a pair of shoes or wearing a pair of runners, like get something that you're going to be comfortable in because you're going to be walking in them. So if you were to get like, for example, if you have a really long lawn, well, you should really be getting a self-propelled mower. You should be able to, you know, press the bar down and that just runs itself. Yeah. Whereas if you're pushing that mower for 50 feet and then 50 feet back and then 50 feet back, that's a little bit of a chore. So I think it's to get a nice mower, to get a good mower, something that you enjoy mowing the lawn with, uh, mow as often as you can. And uh, a little sneaky toward a little bit of advice, which I hadn't planned on saying, but make sure your mower is easy except, um you know, make sure your mower is easy to get to. Like, if you yeah. have a really, if you have a shed that you have a mower and you're like, God, I have to get to that mower. Whereas actually, if you have a mower that's battery powered, first of all, it's cordless. Second of all, you know, it's not stinking up your shed. And if your mower is in your shed where it's easy to get to, well, it'll actually encourage you more to mow. Whereas yeah. before I had an, a, an electric mower and I had to get an extension lid, had to put it through the window, had to find a socket. Then I had to go back into out the house. Then I had to like, you know, the lead was everywhere. And then am I going to cut the lead? So just make it easy for you um, to go out there and mow your lawn and you'll do that more often. Stopping excuses, isn't it? I mean, like exactly what you say there with the extension lead and stuff. And it's, you know, as soon as it's, I mean, I've cut in when it's been drizzling on my home lawn and it's it's never perfect. Sometimes it catches you off guard. But if you've got that like extension cable cut out the, uh, chucked out the window and then you've got to put it back through, put the mower away so it doesn't get buggered up, you know, you, it's just another reason then not to do it. Um, that bit of advice you said about cutting more often is I, I think that's legit. Like if people's going to take anything away, then that is, you know, that's a advice that, really stands out because it's the simple things sometimes that is going to make the difference you know it's not mm. the fertilizer you're putting on or what brand you're using it's literally just being out there and just you know keeping on top of it staying consistent like if you take if you look at your uh your neighborhood or where you're living like you know there's always a 70 year old man cutting his grass all the time and his lawn looks unbelievable doesn't it like yeah, think exactly. about it do you think he's scarifying it no he's not do you think he's aerating it no he's not do you think he's having seaweed no he's not he's just mowing all the time and it looks really good like think yeah. about it like if you just if you just go back to that analogy like everyone has that old man that lives in the corner house that cuts his lawn all the time and it looks really really good that's all he's doing you yeah. know he's just cutting it all the time and it looks good yeah the, it's funny you say that there was I had a client that I was actually there to do their um, that a beach hedge that needed trimmed last year, so I was mm. there doing the hedges anyway. But I walked in and it it's by God it's one of the best lawns I've seen that hasn't been you know um, someone in the middle of lawn care somewhere, and that I had to stop him and I says exactly that I says how like I says I do lawn care and I'm very into it. I says what you you know what you're doing expecting to hear these products roll off his tongue and. And he literally said, I cut twice a week and I've watered it a lot this year. And he says, that's it. He says, it's the best it's ever been. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it was, in this man, you know, he must have been late 60s at least, you know. And uh, it was, it was gobsmacking because it really was a nice looking lawn. And it was the two of the most obvious things. He's give it water and he's cut it, you know. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but that's that's my advice. Um, 
just go for it. Like, you know, there's no point you tr- chucking a load of a fertilizer down and not cutting it for six weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, so look, just get out and mow often, enjoy the mower that you use and make sure it's easy accessible. If you do those three things, uh, you'll, your lawn will look better in 14 days. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so a bit of turn from the positive, uh, positivity there to negativity. What is the biggest mm. mistake you've ever made on your lawn? With any. Jay, I'm making mistakes all the time. Like for example, <laughs> no, I am. I really am. Like I'm making mistakes all the time. Like for example, my front lawn. I'm like, no, I want the greener. I want the greener. And I have like iron sulfate, and I was like, no, it's never as green. So I'm just gonna put in two big scoops instead of one big scoop. And like I put that down, and then the lawn looked great. Like literally start greening up within hours. And then I'm like, mm, starting to look a bit black. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, no, look, it wasn't that bad. But yeah, no, look, um, I'm making mistakes all the time. Like, for example, I'm with the rotary mower out the front. Sometimes I'm scalping the lawn because yeah. I have like I have a fine edge. So sometimes getting the mower on the edge can be a nightmare. So all of a sudden I'm scalping the edge. Yeah. I'm putting too much fertilizer down. Um, I'm not cutting often enough sometimes. Uh, I'm not putting enough feed down. Sometimes I overwater the lawn. To be honest with you, yeah. sometimes you know, you, you know, when your lawn is pooling water, you're, you're yeah. watering it too much. You know, like the, the best. You know, I'm washing away all the nutrients. I'm washing away all the fertilizers. So look, I'm I'm always making mistakes. Um, but the good thing is I'm learning from them, and as each month goes by, I'm learning from them, and then as the years go by, I'm learning from them too. So look, I think uh, anybody that says they don't make mistakes. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're spoofing, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know what? It's actually really funny, the fact that you've said about the iron sulfate there. Because mm. I'm not even kidding you. Three days ago, I filled up a nat- uh, knapsack with <laughs> twice, of, <laughs> twice my normal loan's amount of iron sulfate. Yeah. So instead of yeah. putting, I think it was 140 grams, I put 280 in, along yeah. with twice the amount. Of, basically, I was going to be doing some... I was going to do a few different people's loans and... In my head, the measurements were right for the people that I was doing it for. Then when it came mm. to doing mine, it was too powerful. So this is only three days ago, but it was exactly the same. The loan looked great after about an hour, and I thought, oh, that's happening quick. And then, yeah, yeah. for about 24 hours, it was actually – it's still the same now. I might actually upload a photo because I haven't done it yet. I've shied away mm. from it. But um, it looks dirty, as stupid as that sounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like someone's come along and just put a load of muck on the lawn. I'm looking at yeah, the front yeah. there. And so, – uh, uh, I might yeah, have a look, look. of that. <laughs> but um, look, no, there is. And it, I think that's a thing to take away is like not getting too uh, too touchy with it. Don't think, oh, I'm going to make a mistake. I don't, or when you get to a good point, think, I don't want to ruin it. Because honestly, winter will come anywhere and it'll lose its colour regardless and it'll look a bit crap by February, March. And then you'll have to start the process again. So it's not... You know, you're not a professional groundsman that's taking care of it 12 months of the year. Um, you do, you've just got to be realistic, I think. is Yeah, but plus, you know, now, you know that just doesn't work for you. You know, like you try to push the boundaries. Like people DM me all the time, how much fertiliser will, will I use? And the thing I always say to them is, you know, just... Just, just use a little bit of force, you know. If you know, if people go to those big, huge shops and they buy that, you know, famous Miracle Grow four and one, and that's fine, uh, you know, a bit of a mainstream product, and that's fine, and it goes and it does a good job. But what they do is they see, look at the back of the instructions, they're like, ah, oh, no, don't mind all that, and they just throw a whole box of it down, and then the lawn looks black and it burns and all that kind of stuff. So, any advice to anyone out there? Just use your fertilizers 
a little and often and you'll get to know your own lawn. There's no huge formula to it. There's no huge science to it. It's just a feeling. You know, I'm not really big on numbers and 180 grams of this. I'm just like, get a bit of a feeling for the fertilizer. For yeah, example, yeah. If, if I get a 25 kg bag of seaweed, uh, seaweed fertilizer, and it says this will do uh, 300 square foot of a lawn, well, I'll just use half a bag on the lawn because I know that's a half a bag. Do you get me? I won't yeah, do any science or maths. And I know there's lawn care nuts out there kind of screaming at the phone saying, what are you doing? But that just works for me. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, you know, I just look, I just half the bag that, that does 150 square meters. And I just kind of, I, I kind of apply it that way and push it. You push it a little bit, but I like you, I push the iron uh, way too much, way too much. Yeah. But I mean, you live, you learn, you take it forward, don't you? And then you, you know, you realize exactly what you're saying, where you find your own lawn, you know, that might've been perfect for someone else's or they might've had a moss problem as well. They're trying to get rid of sort of up the iron sulfate. And, you know, you, you do, you just find your way around your own garden. Um, the final question and possibly then the easiest is how can people find you online? If they want to follow you, look at your monthly tips, whatever it may be. Yeah, look, um, I don't have loads of social media channels. Um, I did flirt with the idea of YouTube and stuff like that. But like you said earlier, that might just be a little bit too time consuming for me, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, how they can find me is Instagram uh, at the Grassman Ireland. Um, and you'll see me there. Just give me a follow and uh, have a little look through the reels. Have a little look through the grid. There's uh, very, very basic information there. And then there's a little bit more advanced information there as well. Like, for example, somebody um, who I was talking to, a good friend of mine, he was like, James, how do you stripe your lawn? And like, I just kind of like take that for granted because I know how to stripe the lawn. I, he was like, oh, I mow all the time and I mow the way you mow and I don't get any stripes. And I'm like, yeah, does your mower have a rear roller? He's like, no, no. I was like, no, you need a roller to, to you know. So, so some of the information that like myself and yourself might take for granted, somebody just tapping into that. I was like, I love a striped lawn. Oh, geez, actually, I need a mower with a rear roller to get striped lawn. And the bigger and the heavier the rear roller will be, the better my choice will be. And actually, yeah. if you have that little nugget of information, then when you're going to buy a mower, you have that information, you can make an informed decision rather than just going, spending 300 quid on a random petrol mower and you come home and you're like, why isn't it striping the lawn, you know? Yeah, no, that's the difference because I did, a lot of people, I think, do wonder that. They, they think stripes is some sort of, you know, chemical result of, you know, putting something down or some weird wizardry and, wizardry and it isn't. It's it's literally you're just laying the grass blades down on you and it's it's things like that that people don't always realise. And, I mean, I've seen people out there at the moment, they've used brushes, they've used lawn loots, they've used, um, you know, actual manual push rollers. Uh, there's so many ways to get the stripes. But you're right with what you're saying, with the informed decision is such an important part, as you've also mentioned, you're going to be behind that mower for plenty of hours, you know, gathered when you bring all the time together, that... Mm. The best thing you can do is get get in touch with. I mean, I think that's a people why we have such a great community on things like our Instagram um, platforms and things like that. Is the community in the grass world is so welcoming, and you know, everyone that I've ever spoke to is always like how you're saying now. People get in touch with you and you offer advice. There's not a main plan of like that you're out for yourself. You're not. Not many people are ever trying to hide secrets, or you know, everyone's pretty open. 
So no, Kamitri, like you know, not to give any shout outs because like you know, people will kill me and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> I'll give you an example. Oh, no, we'll give you an example. Like last year, um, you know, Tom, Tom's lawn on Instagram, he was mixing orange sulfate and seaweed, and I'm like, oh, can you do that? He yeah. was like, yeah, of course you can do that. And then I just start doing it because then all of a sudden you're putting seaweed and iron down at the same time. I'm like, God, what a tip. And like, you know, you're not reading that in a book anywhere. You just see that and you're like, so now that's just a standard practice now to me. I literally just put seaweed and iron sulfate. So the soil is getting looked after, you know, the crown's getting looked after and the grass is being greened up at the same time. And, you know, you're kind of just learning from each other. Um, and you're looking away and I just go back to that word satisfaction all the time I think it's just you know satisfaction of a job well done just sitting there with a beer at night or a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and saying yeah that's that's nice done yeah. that no definitely right well uh, James thank you very much for joining me on this podcast it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and you're the first person so you're making a J-Rock Long Care Garden podcast history as we're speaking right now <laughs> Um, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good, good man, Jay. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, absolutely delighted to be the first person there, and uh, ho- hopefully your your listeners got a little bit out of that and stuff like. But look, um, hopefully you'll be over in Ireland soon, and the first one or two or ten Guinnesses on me. Anyway, is that fair enough? <laughs> That's perfect. I'll take that any day. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Jay. Thanks a million. Right, cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks. Right then, thanks everyone for listening on that podcast just there. Really, it's been something different having someone else on. And I hope it's a bit of a change of momentum to have someone basically giving their advice from their side and it's just not myself speaking all the time. So uh, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. This was podcast number 11. And that was an interview with James Sheridan from at the Grassman Island. Find him on Instagram. His link and everything else will be in the show notes below the bottom of the podcast. So get following him and show him some love as well. Right, thanks for listening and I look forward to the next one. Love you all.